Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. I'm Greg DeVries, pastor at The Well Scottsboro, and I'm grateful that you've decided to listen to this podcast. I hope that this word uplifts you and encourages you wherever you are. Stay with me for a few moments after the sermon. I would like to pray with you. I trust you'll be blessed by the word of God. All right, good evening. So the book of Hebrews, you can turn to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12. And I want to say something about the book of Hebrews. I want to say this. I'm, I'm intentionally going to say this. Thank you for being here tonight. You make my heart joyful. You make my heart hopeful. You encourage me because I am a firm believer how important it is to be planted in the house of the Lord to be a part of the church, to be part of the body of Christ. I'm a firm believer. I know you're not going to be able to be here every Sunday, but you better have a really good reason why you're not here. You know, no. Uh, you, you should, and just don't forsake. There, the book of Hebrews is, is warning. There's five specific warnings in there, but it's a book of warnings throughout. Do not neglect. Do not forsake. Do not Things telling us of what not to do, and, and I think that's why there's nobody's name on it. To be honest with you, I mean, there, there's enough reference in there. You can really figure out most likely who wrote this thing, but it's not established that way. Uh, this is a choice. And the book of Hebrews, um, it compares, it, it'll contrast Jesus with what would be the Torah or the Pentateuch or the Hebrew Bible, the first five books of the Bible. It, it, it kind of compares Jesus to all that. That's throughout Hebrew, uh, Hebrews there. And not just Jesus, but to, to historical, Jesus with uh, uh, those historical people and historical events. And it does all that to simply do this, to tell us Jesus is greater than every one of them. No, that the greatness is Jesus all through the book of Hebrews. That he's better than the law. He's better than the Torah. He's better than Moses. He's better than the angels. He's better than all that stuff. Jesus is the, he's greater than the covenant. Because without him, there could be no covenant. Everything. You guys, we serve a great Jesus. Hebrews is all about Jesus. King Jesus. So looking at Hebrews chapter 12. There's some interesting thoughts that are being presented to us, inspirations of the Holy Spirit. I was telling the students this morning how much I don't like the cold because you get so dry, your fingers can't turn pages in the Bible, and that just drives me nuts. Can I get an amen? Amen. So in the book of Hebrews, it also helps you go into the right direction, Verse chapter 12, verse 25. See that you do not. Have you ever heard someone say, see to it? Right? Uh, Pay attention, focus. You're responsible for this. This is your doing. You know, see to it. He says, see that you do not refuse him who speaks. Okay? Now, starting off in Hebrews chapter 1. Man, this is, we might be here for an hour or so. Starting off in Hebrews chapter 1. It says that he speaks. In times past, he spoke in various ways. What it is now saying is anything Jesus says trumps everything else that was said, even if it just fulfills it. 
all those sacrifices to bulls. You don't have to do that stuff. All that, that law of God and all that stuff. It says what Jesus, Jesus, that spoke, Jesus speaks. Did you hear me? We just sang it tonight. His blood speaks a better word. A better word. It better than all of these. That's exactly, it's a scripture. That's a scripture. His blood speaks a better word. This covenant is better than the old covenant. This revelation is better than this dictation of the past. Are you with me? Uh, it's, it's Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And I know you know that, but you don't know it. I know I know it, but I don't know it. What am I saying? There's something about Jesus you still don't know. Did you hear me? There's something about Jesus that you still can know. And I want to be, I want to be the, not the happiest church only, I want to be the hungriest church on the face of this earth. Our discipler that was with us in the early years of our Christianity, you know, there's Amorites, websites, no, there's Amorites, uh, uh, Hittites and all that. We're hungryites. We are hungryites. You want to hang out with the hungryites. That's what Wednesday night people are. They're hungryites. They just want more. Are you with me? Okay. So see to it that you do not refuse. Remember what I told you refusing is. I'll give you the clear definition. Do not refuse. Him speaks means to express oneself as unwilling to accept or unwilling to do or comply. You know as well as I know. I was going to get up in your business. There are some things you read and you're like, mm, I didn't see that. You start reading over here because you know that I was convicting you right now. Like, I'll get to that later. And I got busy today. And there's certain things that you have read that you were unwilling to comply with. You know what that's called? Um, that's called Western Hemisphere Doctrinal Denominational uh, Charismatic Pentecostal Church. There are certain things that we're saying I don't. There's more things we say I don't agree with than what I do agree with. That's, listen, that's refusing. And that's why some people read the Bible. They read the Bible and they don't get anything out of it. Because they've already stiff-armed the one who's speaking to them. You know as well as I know, there's times you're praying and you're praying and you're like, nah, I don't want to, this thought comes in, ah, I don't know if I want to pray that. Right? Talk to the hand. You're telling Holy Ghost, I don't want to comply to that. Can I get a witness? Hey, come on, a positive confession. Good oh, I know there's some so holy people in here and you're so there. That's your problem. You think you already know it. He who thinks he stands, take heed, lest he might fall. Take heed to what? Pastor Greg? No. To him who speaks. To him who speaks. Guys, this could be life-altering. That if we, could, if we could get over the hurdle, get, get even halfway past our refusal to comply. This actually ties in with the exhortation that he said, hey, you know, you need to thank him a little bit more. You know, you need to worship him a little bit more. You know? But we don't want to comply to that because we get comfortable with it. Because we have found ways to get around and still get two. There is no truth in that. You can't go around and get two. You can only go through. I don't think we're receiving this as much as 
It should be. This would be one of those times that the preachers say, hey, that's good preaching right there. You know, just. Now listen. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on the earth. People refused Jesus while he's on the earth. Numerous people did not obey him. They, they chose. What it's saying is they chose not to hear his voice. For if they refuse him who spoke on the earth, much more shall we not escape. We will not escape. So part of our escape is hearing his voice. Much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. Let's just go to Hebrews 1 for a second. Hold your thoughts there, your notes or whatever, and go to Hebrews 1. He who speaks from heaven. So what we're dealing with here in Hebrews is even the Jesus who is in heaven now has a better word than the one who is on earth. Why? Because he's living in a whole new level of authority. He's won all the battle. It doesn't, it doesn't negate or, 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 or belittle the word that was there. It's all about Jesus is greater than. Right now, the greater one lives inside of us. Do you get this? Greater is he that lives inside of us. And he speaks. Close the door. I'm not a rebellious person. I am not a rebellious person. I may be a maverick, but I am not rebellious. I live with a burning desire to obey the voice of God all day long, any day, anywhere, wherever. That's, that's my passion. It's my desire. And yet I refused his voice. See to it, Greg. What he was saying to me to this morning is, is I want you to see it so you don't do it again, but you see to doing what it takes to obey his voice. I've been in some uh, unique meetings in the last three or four months. Um, recent as yesterday. Pride is going to kill a lot of people. That arrival mindset, I got news for you. I'm going to tell you something straight up. There ain't one of us in here that have arrived yet. Not one. I don't care what, what Holy Ghost you came from. What it, it, we're, we're still living this out. It's telling us that there's, there's a life on earth, but there's a life in heaven. There's a life in heaven, and, and the greater life is the, is the finished life. Nobody's finished yet. There's so much. There's, there's the possibility. I didn't think this was going to be a heavy thing. This is so heavy on me right now. Is it, there, there's, there is still refusal, whether we like it or not. There's still refusal. And, and unwillingness... And not willing to comply to the word of God. So he says, him who speaks in heaven, verse 1. God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. Has in the last days spoken by, uh, to us by his son. Whom he has appointed heir of all things. Through whom he has made the worlds. And being to the brightness of his glory. And express image in his, of his person. Upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had himself purged our sins. And sat down at the right hand. Did you know when he sat down at the right hand? He purged your sins purged them 
the right hand of the majesty, having and high, having become so much better than the angels, not just better, so much better, as he has inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For to which angels did he ever say, you are my son? Today I've begotten you, and again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son, and he shall bring the firstborn into the world, and says that all the, there's so much, he's so much better from where he's seated right now. We have the better Jesus. We have the better than Jesus. We have a Jesus who is in heaven, but yet he still dwells inside of us. Listen to what he says. Yet once more, I'm back in Hebrews 12, verse 26, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this, yet once more, and you can go look it up and make reference to it or whatever, it is what it says. Yet this once more, listen, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as the things that are not made, excuse me, that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. I think we're in a season. I think he's bringing us upon a season. Matter of fact, the, the title for our fast in January is until he comes. Until he comes. And the mindset of this, after seeking the Lord over this, the mindset of it is simply how we're going to live until he comes. I, I told the staff the other day, and, and don't, don't get discouraged with this or disappointed with this, we are not going to seek and pursue revival. We're not going to. That's his work. We're going to live our best, teach people how to live their best, teach the word of God, let the word of God be the word of God, and, and we're going to honor the Holy Spirit. I'm not, I'm, I am not shooting for an emotional two, three, four month, five year thing, and, and then it just kind of pans out there. I want the real thing. I want the real thing. We cannot change what Jesus said is going to happen. We cannot, but we can learn how to live through it. So what are we going to do until he comes? We're going to worship till he comes. We're going to pray till he comes. We're, we're going to have fast. I can't say we're going to fast till he comes. We're going to have fast until he comes, right? We're, we're, going to, we're going to establish kingdom principles, and he's going to come, and he's going to bless those. He's going to honor those, and, and he's going to do. I'm finding that this earth is filled with preaching heads. And then I'm finding out what's in their beds, what's in their living rooms, and what's not in them. But because they're good orators and orators and however you want to put it and oral voices there and, and, and people are just running them and running them and running them and wanting them and wanting them and wanting them. When you can hear God for yourself, you can literally hear God for yourself. Sometimes when we choose to hear a preacher, we refuse to hear him. Oh, yeah, because there's a lot of preachers who preach and what they preach is not what he's saying. Or they'd rather hear them instead of hear him. Are you with me? This stuff's pretty serious, isn't it? I got four minutes of your life. Watch this. 
So you can make the, well, I'll make the reference for you. Second Timothy. Second Timothy. We'll be coming back to uh, Hebrews there in just a second. Second Timothy, and we'll pick up in uh, chapter 2, verse 19. The Lord, nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands. That's a good place to put your feet. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his, and let every man who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Okay, so his voice speaks. You know what number one thing of his voice speaking to you is? Getting out of you. That should have been the biggest amen in our lives. I, I sp- spoke with somebody just the other day and, and blatantly spoke of Calvinism. I think what you need to know about Calvinism is it's not just the knowledge of God up here, but Calvinism is saying you don't have a free will. You don't have a free will. You don't have any say in this. This is what's going to happen whether you like it or like it or not. That is not true according to the Scripture God. Without a free will, there's no evidence that you love God. And the second level of the evidence, whether you love God or don't love God, is whether you obey God. So this is really important for us to know that we see to it that we don't refuse God. Because you don't want one little thing to become two big things. And it grows and it grows and it grows. We have a responsibility. But, but so the, the, remember, he said, when I speak this once again, I'm going to shake some things. When he speaks, he shakes into reality and you go, I'm not living a sacrificial, obedient life. I'm not living uh, uh, according to what he's saying. You get what I'm saying? You, you follow where I'm at. It shakes you out of something. It wakes you up. It shakes some things off of you so you can walk in the freedom he's called. Verse 20. But in a great house... They're not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor, some for dishonor. Therefore, anyone who cleanses himself from the latter will be a vessel of honor and sanctified and useful for the master, prepared to every good work. He said he's going to shake some things that don't need to remain. The wood, hay, listen to me, guys. Listen to me. You have to hear this. The wood, the hay, and the stubble can't remain. And him speaking to you is what shakes that off of you. It deals with that. And notice he said he's going to shake heaven and earth. Even the heavenly minded and the earthly vessel. He's going to shake these things. Do not refuse. I'll, I wish, go to 1 Corinthians 3. Just Can I have five minutes? Thank you. I know I don't have to ask, but it's polite. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, okay, there's going to be what kind of vessels? Gold and silver, right? Wood, hay, and stubble. Gold and silver cannot lose its value in fire. It's only going to get pure. You can burn silver as many times as you want. It's going to keep its value. You won't lose any of it, okay? But wood, hay, and stubble will not stand. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, your priority there. Pick it up in, in verse, uh, let's pick up in verse, let's see, 12. Yeah. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold and silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. 
for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what is short, what sort it is. If anyone's work has been built on, it endures and it will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. So I'm not talking about your salvation. I'm talking about your rewards. Why build on something that has no reward in heaven? So I'm talking to the heavenly minded right now. Remember, he's going to shake the heavens and the earth. I did. I already spoke to you. You've got to come out of iniquity. So that's the earthly aspect. That voice denying his voice, refusing his voice could keep you trapped in sin, which will keep you from heaven. But now he's saying everything that you've built on. He said, I'm going to speak to that also. And anything that you built on that is wood, hand, stubble, you'll get no reward for that. You want to be free from that. In other words, he's saying, you want to be as pure as you can. You want to be as solid as you can. You want to be as true as you can. You want to be as valuable as you can. You want to be as worthy as you can. Because only that stuff, everything else, and many people are going to spend 90% of their life on wood, hay, and stubble, and only 10% of their life on serving God and honoring God. And they're going to get to heaven, and they're going to be happy to get to heaven. They're going to go, I could have been happier. Heaven is filled with rewards, filled with rewards. It's all throughout the scripture there. And so this is going to help you in your earthly life, and it's going to help you in your heavenly life. Do you follow what I'm saying? It speaks into both ears. All right, let's wrap this up. Back over to Hebrews chapter 12. Okay, you can start looking at your watch now. Oh, we're not bad. Verse 28, therefore... Since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God. So in other words, it all happens here, not there. Even the heavenly side is determined here. When you get up to heaven, I'm like, oh, if I would have known that, and I was just kidding, I was just saying, I'm counting to five. You know, if you don't do this, I'm going to spank you. No, no, no. He said it. He's going to do it. So you got to shake some of this earthly, worldly stuff off and some of this false, heavenly stuff off. So that when you get there in a kingdom that cannot be shaken, right, it's all going to be established and settled. He said, we serve, which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear for a God is a, what is a, God is a consuming fire. What is a good servant, an obedient servant, a complete servant, if you had somebody that uh, I stopped at a restaurant uh, last night and on my way back, I was uh, doing some ministry with some pastors in a meeting yesterday and I'm driving back and, and uh, uh, I was feeling sorry for myself. Gretchen and, some, and the school are going out to eat and I wasn't getting to go. And so, so I went to a nice restaurant. Okay. Um, and so I pull into this restaurant and the guy was a good waiter when he was doing what he was supposed to be doing. But he was not a good servant when he wasn't paying attention. There were some times he, I didn't exist anymore. Come on, y'all been in one of those booths before. I wasn't there. I mean, I'm like, and, and here's, I'm just this type of person. That's just me. When I take my last bite, I want to be out of there. I'm gone. I, I, there's, we ain't jiving. We're not vibing. We ain't doing nothing here. This is not a sit around for me. I'm in my truck and I'm gone, okay? But to sit there and wait, ready to pay, to give them their money and to not pay attention. You're burning my time. 
Now the meal is becoming, listen, now the meal is becoming more expensive because time is value. You most likely, how many of y'all have ever been paid by the hour? That's what they thought you were worth an hour. They were wrong, completely wrong. But it's what the paycheck said, right? So a servant who's not paying attention, who's refusing and unwilling to comply and obey, is not a valuable servant. Verse chapter 13, one. I want to deal with all-consuming fire, God. Let brotherly love continue. Let bro- oh, he's, he's bringing it. I mean, it's like, man, you've got me in the heavenlies. You've got me over here in the kingdom of God. Do what? His first instruction out of all that is let brotherly love continue. Do you love the person sitting next to you? I didn't say the body. I didn't say the address. I didn't say the, the, the job title. I mean, do you, do you even know them? Do you even know them? If we loved them, we'd help them shake it off. If we love them, we'd help them be free and to carry out what God is saying. Uh, a friend and I, uh, uh, matter of fact, it's a, y'all, y'all I'm, I'm just like, you know. We have a pediatrician. And I've been going to the pediatrician longer than all of my children have. I went there first. But he was not my pediatrician. When I was in outreach ministries, I got injured in my eye. And they didn't know what to do. And God didn't heal it. So they're like, well, we'll take you to a doctor. I don't have nothing. I have nothing in my pocket. They don't have anything, you know. So we took a basket of potatoes or something like that and knocked on any doctors. No, no, there's a friend of the ministry. And we go to his office and, and I, they're taking me to the doctor. They didn't tell me to take me to a pediatrician. I am 24, 25 years old, and I'm in a pediatrician's waiting room with all these snotty-nosed children over there, you know, and I'm like, what? On? And they didn't even let me sit in the well room. You know what I'm saying? I'm in the, I'm in the bad room, you know. And just, so I've been going to this guy. He and I were having a conversation at the hospital the other night. He said, you know what? And he goes through the whole, he quotes me all of Hebrews, I mean, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, whole, whole thing. And he's gone off, and he's like, yeah, mm-hmm. we're standing in the picky. He's mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I tried to quote him to finish him off, and that didn't help him at all. He just kept going right down. You know? I said, all right, Mike. He said, I can have the tongues of angels, tongues of men, but if I do not have love, I'm a clanging brass and a, and a, uh, a, a clanging cymbal, you know? And if I, don't, I could feed the poor and do all this, but if I don't have love. He said, you know what we don't know how to do is argue. When I hear the word argue, most likely like you, I think negative, bad situation. To argue is not bad. It is to appeal and is to present your view and your perspective on something to somebody who will listen to you and hear you out, and then they can share yours. And whether you guys see it eye to eye, you at least know each other, and you can respect one another. Now, arguing to us, the devil has, has taken that, and that means screaming and yelling and, and griping and complaining and, and tearing down and saying things you wish you never would. Right? Yeah. So the enemy can only pervert what God's created. Okay? And, and so this word, the word argue, and he he's gets his, his pad out and everything. I mean, he's looking up, 
words, you know. And he and you can't even see it. It's all like cracked and stuff. And he's, he says, "Look here." And he only points it out. And he goes, "He says the root to the word argue is silver." The Bible says the crucible is for gold. And the, 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 the furnace is for gold, and the crucible is for silver. God's just trying to make us more pure. But if we don't learn to love one another, and when you argue with one another, you don't just see my point that I think is right. You see my rear side, too. Because when you're, you're in that, but you walk away going, yes, I respect you. Because I heard your side and you heard my side, and 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 it's not even a point. It's not even a point of of agreement that I agree with what you say. You have convinced me. That's what we do. We discuss to try to get you to think my way, right? Oh, I know. I've had a lot of meetings, and I've been on both sides of it. And that's what we do: is we try to debate to prove somebody else wrong. To make sure we're right. You will never make your light brighter by making someone else's dimmer. No matter how stupid you make somebody, it doesn't make you any smarter. It really doesn't. But the point to, uh, uh, to argue, that, I mean, I went and started studying this stuff out after we had this conversation. And the point to argue is to get to a point of agreement. That we can have an agreement of understanding. And we may level with one another but we may not still see it the same way. And we're not always meant to see things the same way. I have a point of view. I can't see anything behind me right now. But if you stood in front of me, I might be able to see some things that I can't see because you can see those things and tell me about them. You follow what I'm saying? Oh, I can see meetings with me lining up right now. Hannah, 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 Hannah. I want to go talk to Pastor. Give me a little while. Let me get deeper into this. Jesus said, if somebody has a fault with you, they've sinned against you, they've offended you. Now, here's the key. Here's the key. Offenses are going to come, but you don't have to be offended. You can develop an unoffendable heart. You don't want to be the person who brings the offense. So you need to ask yourself, Gretchen and I, when we're talking and, and, and she hugged me and I hugged her today, we hadn't seen each other for like six or seven hours, I hugged her, and she kind of pulled me a little close. She goes, oh, you I think I smelt your underarm. That's what she said. That's what she said. And she was really confused because she will tell you, I don't stink. I don't have body odor. Okay. And so she, and she's like, and I said, are you sure? So I got over and like nobody's, she goes, no, you don't. And she got right up close and personal. Okay. So, <laughs> so we have this tendency to be offensive is wrong. To have an offense is always going to happen, but you don't have to be offended. And if you've been offended, you're defending yourself. We better be happy Jesus never got offended. Did he experience offense? Oh, yeah. Much greater than what I ever have. But he didn't get offended. If Jesus would have been offended with you and I, we most likely would have been Wrapped around the neck with a millstone, tossed into a sea, not baptized in a heated baptism. I just had to put the heated in there. We got it pretty good, y'all. So we need to work on not being offended, right? So Jesus said, if you guys have an offense, he said, you guys need to get together, the two of you. No, it does not say, now, I, I, please, don't, don't get this wrong. It does not say, call an elder. 
Call a pastor. It doesn't say that. <laughs> but it's like, it's like the lights went out. People are looking at it like, Are you kidding me? I'm not, I can't even think about a meeting with somebody. That's not where I'm at. Please, let me preach the word, okay? He says, get together. And after you get together and they don't hear you, go get a third person. Bring that person in. So there's a stage for that. Bring that person in. Then Jesus says at the very end of that little discourse, changes over, he says, he says, you know what? Wherever there's two or three together in agreement... I'll be with them. So Jesus is saying, there's no commanded blessing when you have offense with one another. But you go in and you get some stuff worked out amongst yourself before I can be there. That's what he's saying. But he says, if you can just get to agreement, though, then I can be there with you. Then I can bless you again. I can continue to flow and restore you and, and, and refresh you and replenish you if you get that stuff worked out. Let's stand to our feet. Oh, that says eight. I thought it said 803. I'm so sorry. No, I was kidding. Yeah. I was called into a meeting in the spirit of Matthew 18. And I learned that firsthand. And I'm driving there and I said, Lord, what do you want me to say? I love both these guys. They love you. I know they do. They're used by you. And he said, you're going to the meeting that should have been, that will be. They never got together alone. They never got together. And, and there's things happen. And so I just sat there and just and they talked. And, and they still had different perspectives, but at the end of it, they're like, okay, I get it. I see your point. I hear you. And I said, now the scripture comes into effect. You confess your sin to God. And he forgives you. You confess your fault to one another. And you'll be healed. Some people's healing is in their own heart but we refuse the word. We don't comply with it. We want to hold on to the grudge. We want to hold on to the offense. We want to hold on to the difference. We want to hold on to our pride that we know what's right and bless God. You're wrong. Pray for one another. Be healed. We have a lot of forgiven Christians in this world that are wounded to the nth degree. And they're walking around maimed, lamed, crippled, abused because they've never been healed. Never been healed. We want to be a healed church. Now what I'm saying is this might take a little while. It might take a few weeks. It might take a few months. It might take a few minutes. But I think we can catch up to our healing. We really do. And if you and I, all of us in this room would apply this, it could even spill over. It could spill over into the Sunday morning 
crowd, the Monday morning break room, the Thursday night, whatever meeting you go to, whatever thing you're involved in, this thing could really start spreading. Could you imagine not only a church that could obey the voice of God, but a healed church? Could you imagine that? Now listen, one reason I say all that to say this, and I I do apologize for the time frame. I say all that to say this about the refusal and the healing. Until you get healed, you're probably going to continue to refuse. My dog Inky, Inky, everybody say Inky, jet black. Mom and dad went to a shoe show. Somebody stayed with the boys and I, my brother and I, and I had a dog, Inky. We walked across Goodlett Road. We went to the park. Inky followed me anywhere he went. How many y'all remember when dogs didn't have to be on leashes? How many y'all remember when you didn't have to pick up your dog stuff? I lived in those days. And, and, and so we're going across the street and, and we're coming back home and, and I'm running. I think there's time. Well, Inky got a sniff on something. I'm like, Inky, Inky, Inky. Inky, and then, and then I'm like, Inky, no, Inky, no. Inky doesn't know no. And Inky ran across the street, got hit by a car. There, I'm devastated. Little boy, no brothers, nobody, it's only me. So I walk over to Inky, the dog that I've only picked up, pet, and loved, and I reached down and I, and I went to pet Inky. What do you think Inky did? What did you say? Inky bit me. First time Inky ever bit me. You know what Inky bit me? Because Inky was hurt. And I touched Inky, even out of love, where Inky was hurt. You know why some people are so mean to you? It's because they're hurt. They're hurting people. Somebody else offended them. Somebody else abused them. Somebody else did this. And you just scratched the surface. You just touched it. And they come out at you. Hurt people. Father, I ask that any hand that raises tonight that needs to be refreshed, that's willing to repent and say, Lord, I don't want to refuse your word, that you would hear their cry tonight. Lord, I pray for anybody here tonight that is hurt and wounded, and they know, they're like, maybe I'm hurt. Maybe they're saying, maybe I'm a hurt person, and they need to be healed. I just ask that we would start the process just by raising our hand and say, here I am. Lord, God, I need to be healed. Anybody who's offended that realize I don't have to be offended, but choose right now to no longer be offended. How? Forgive. Just forgive. Forgive what you can't even forget. If you forgive it so much, you'll forget what you're forgiving them for. Lord, we we want to step out. We ask that the word tonight would shake us. It would shake us and set us free. Lord, may we be a healed people, a restored people. Lord, I believe this is revival. This is what it looks like. Just say, heal me and help me to heal others. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I love you. I trust that you are encouraged and inspired by the Word of God today. 
Once again, I want to say thank you for joining us on this podcast. It's very important that after you receive the Word of God to make sure it gets sealed in your heart. I'd like to do that with you. I'd like to pray with you that we could tuck it away in our hearts and that we let the Word of God have free course, move swiftly in us, and it would glorify God. You know, the Word of God is a seed. You can expect results out of it. You can expect fruit out of it. You can expect something to be produced. Again, I'm so thankful that you joined us. Now allow me just a moment to pray with you. Father God, we come to you in the wonderful name of Jesus, the Word of God Himself. And I thank you for the Word that has been heard. I thank you for the Word that has been received. And Lord, now I ask that it gets covered up and it gets protected and locked and lodged in our hearts, Lord. And Father, I pray that you would water it. I pray that you would nurture it, that you would bring the light and revelation that it needs. And I pray that it produce good fruit in each and every heart that has received it today. I ask this in Jesus' name. I do this at the end of every service at the church. I want to do it with you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you. And may the Lord find great delight in you. And may you find great joy in Him. May the Lord provide for you. May the Lord protect you. And may the Lord give you peace, peace. God bless you. Thanks for joining us.